Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. My name is Ryan Saba. The most electrifying, <laughs> electrifying voice in sports information with me as always. What up? It's me. It's me. It's Lukey C, a.k.a. the Crockpot. What are we talking about today? The Crockpot. All right. So we are going to talk about the madness that is college football that is playing out right before our very eyes right now. But before we get into that... We have news. For those of you that follow us on social media, we did a little tease late last week about um, some big news that has happened uh, to us. We have officially been signed to a podcast network. We are now part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Believe Podcast Network has 309 shows with a stable stable of players and local media personality i think one of the great things about the believe podcast network is that you know no matter who your favorite team is say you're a st louis rams fan you go you got isaac bruce doing a podcast every week and in one of their local uh, media guys so might be um, hard to be a st louis fan yeah, the Los Angeles Rams, St. Louis Rams, all those Rams, right? Look, I still call the Chargers the San Diego hey, Chargers. But to be fair, uh, Isaac Bruce was a St. Louis Rams. <laughs> That's I true. Think we're, we're safe there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. So uh, 309 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check it out, guys. Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. Now, on to the show. So... Um, have you been paying attention to what's going on with college football? I think there's a few different things I want to talk about here. Um, I want to talk about the folks that aren't joining. I want to talk about the folks that are joining. I want to talk about some unexpected consequences, maybe play a little fantasy land here, talk about maybe what we think could be happening. And then I also want to talk about the impact on the draft. So, Let's start with um, the two conferences that the, the two major conferences. Look, we're not talking Ivy League uh, ball here, okay? Let's talk about the Big Ten and let's talk about the Pac-12. General thoughts you have on what kind of has played out there? Some things that you've read, some things that you heard. Just talk about how you feel about what's been happening with with. Look, you know we're primarily talking Big Ten here, so talk about that. Yeah. Uh... First and foremost, it, it sucks the most for the players, you know, um, especially guys that are going into their final year, whether they're seniors or not, guys that were, you know, looking to the draft, um, just to not be able to play, not to be able to have that experience, even guys that weren't going pro, you know, guys that were going to end their college career this year, this is just a blow. I mean, I do expect them to come out with some kind of um, eligibility extension for those types of players, uh, since they really... Since those who conferences, those guys aren't getting a year, but um, you know it, it does hurt. It does suck for them um, first and foremost. Uh, but then you start thinking about individual players, like a guy like Justin Fields, who 
He's definitely going to be in running for the Heisman. Uh, certainly going to have Not a this shot. year. He was going to be. <laughs> certainly going to have a shot at, uh, at a national title. Um, can I say one thing? I think we can officially say your big prediction at the preseason, the preseason prediction from last year that one day Justin Fields will win the Heisman. I think that's no. officially dead. He's still going future future Heisman winner Justin Fields. That that is his name. Um, it will remain his name throughout his NFL career as well. You got it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, but even like for for you know beyond this year, you know he had a chance. You know to to potentially i don't think he's going to but past trevor lawrence is the number one pick in the nfl draft so it's there's more to it than just you know college football and then the, the react not being able to play but there's impact on the nfl draft and and even just guys in general that that don't have a future in playing professional football so that's kind of where i'm at with it how about you i have a lot of feelings um and I'm going to save some of them after we kind of talk about the, the guys that are playing. I think a lot of – I've been reading a lot and watching a lot. Look, I, I, I try to stay away from the, um, you know, first take and, and, and Skip and Shannon stuff. You know that. But I have been watching a lot on Get Up with, like, Booker McFarlane. Some of these guys that actually have kids that are playing in college right now and some other things like that have helped me gain – a little bit of perspective, but look, a lot of my opinion and, and some of the facts really, let, let's just call it what they are, the facts of what happened, came from an article that I referenced when you and I talked over the weekend. It was a, a really lengthy article. Um, it was called The Inside Story of College Football's Wildest Week Ever, and it was it was on ESPN. It took me, I'm not even kidding, man, I, it's like a 45-minute read um, that kind of went conference to conference. A lot of contributors, Adam Rittenberg, Mark Schlebach, um, Heather Dinich, um, Sam Kahn Jr., they, smoked, they spoke with commissioners, administrators, they spoke with coaches, they spoke with medical professionals, and they just really got a lot of insight. So I'll talk more about some high-level stuff. Let's talk directly about the Big Ten and the Pac-12. The Pac-12 didn't want to be the first conference to back out, which was was very well um, documented in that article, which I think is really, really interesting. Well, they had to feel real bummed about it because they probably felt for a few days there they had a potential to make the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah, they, they the Big Ten really let them off the hook by coming out early and, and basically leaking that they weren't going to cancel the season. They were actually in a meeting with their um it was all of the school presidents and athletic directors and they got news that the that the big 12 was or the excuse me the big 10 was gonna cancel their season so the, it actually let them off the hook i think the one thing about the pac-12 that's interesting is they took it a step further right they canceled all sports until the end of the year so that means college basketball is in jeopardy now too so while the Big 12 has kind of, or excuse me, I keep saying Big 12, the Big 10 has come out and really said, look, we are going to postpone the season. The Pac-12 has taken it a step further. There's two things I really want to talk about with the Big 10. I think Jim Harbaugh's letter is really, really interesting. Another letter by Jim Harbaugh. Um, 
it's not just because he's my favorite coach for my favorite team. I, I think that Jim Harbaugh right now from a coaching perspective is doing more for college athletes and college athletics in terms of trying to progress it to the next stage. If you remember the letter back in May where he really talked about um, – Player empowerment. Player empowerment and all that stuff. And, and he took it a step further. He said, listen, we have a protocol in place here at Michigan that we um, – no coaches have tested positive, no no team personnel. We've tested like 850 people. We've had 11 positive tests out of 850. And then zero in the last 353 have tested positive. There's been no – there has been no pauses in training. Um, in, the, in, the, in the conference, the commissioner – Kevin Warren, I believe is his name. Yes, Kevin Warren just basically disregarded it completely. So there is a, a policy a program in place to follow that Michigan has really put, has tested and proved that, that it works. It's not just some hypothesis. I mean, it's, 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 it's a theory. It's a tested hypothesis that actually works. So I thought that that was a little dismissive by the Big Ten. And, you know, the fight by Justin Fields, it's happening right now. Have you gone on and signed the petition? I have not. I Why? Look at it. Um, I don't – do you want me to? I will if you want me no, to. No, I just I, – look, they don't care. Again, I, Kevin Warren was asked to – the commissioner of the I Big Ten. I that that petition – I think it's great, and I think I, the last update I saw was over 250,000 signatures. Was, yeah, at 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock today, there was 253,000 signatures. Yeah, so, you know, I think that's great, and I, I – I mean, I'll sign it. I don't think it's going to change anything. It's it's not. But but I like what Justin Fields is doing. Uh, I get it, right? Justin Fields, um, he wants to play. He wants to win the Heisman. He wants to up his draft stock. He wants to win a national championship. He's got a lot on the line, right? Let's not let's not forget. But at the very least, he wants to have the opportunity to do all those things. Yeah, but let's not forget yeah. that if Justin Fields wouldn't have forced his way out of the former position that he was in, he'd be playing football this year. Um, so. That's we're the gonna talk, we're going to talk about that next. So. Sure, let's talk about it. I can't wait. Um, so you know, I think the two big things with the Big Ten are that you have a coach that that is really about empower, player empowerment and has put a program in place that that the commissioner of the league disregarded. You have a player who's really stepping up and being the 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 face and the voice of the players wanting to play, and the and the league and the commissioner is completely disregarding it. You have a another conference that. Was wanted to do exactly what the Big Ten is doing, but they didn't want to go first. Nobody wanted to jump off the cliff first. I think it's really interesting, um, and and I have some theories about you know what's going on here exactly. But I think it's really interesting that that the Big Ten has really been at the front of this, and you have all you know, the Big Ten has a lot of star power from a coaching perspective. They have a lot of star power from a player perspective. And if you look at the, the the biggest coaches in the Big Ten, right? Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, um, um, oh, what's his name from Penn State, um, James Franklin, right? These guys are all coming in, and they're speaking out against what's actually happening. So I think it's interesting. Scott Frost threatening to leave the conference, and the Big Ten commissioner said, yeah, go ahead and leave. You ain't coming back. So um, just very interesting to me. So let's talk about the flip side of that. Let's talk about you know your thoughts on the SEC, uh, the ACC, the Big 12, how they've approached this, and, and just some thoughts you have there. Well, I did see that the SEC released their schedule – you know, their conference schedule today, yeah. uh, 
with a start date of September 26, I believe. So they bought themselves a little bit of time, but I'm just, I'm just operating under the assumption that these three are just waiting. They're just waiting to cancel it to the last, till they can't anymore. You know, it's not like the big 10 and the schools in the big 10 and the PAC 12 are not, you know, still, still practicing, still training. And that letter from Michigan or from Harbaugh came out, you know, they're still training. They're still doing those things. Ohio state's still doing those things. Like we said, there's guys that are going to go pro. That's not, that's, and that, you know, the, the, the case study there in Michigan is great, you know, but what happens when you start traveling, you start, you know, there's, there's, uh, you're going from place to place. And I understand you're doing it regionally now because of the big 10 is just playing a big 10 schedule, but you're going to have more exposure. You know, we saw it when golf first started, you know, they were getting six, seven tests and they figured it out a little bit. Baseball has, I would say probably started to get a little under control. Yeah, You haven't seen much of the stuff you were seeing early on with the Phillies and the Marlins and all that. Well, we did just see two pitchers from the best staff in the league get sent home. Well, um, it's because they are out trying; they're out chasing tail in Chicago when they look should be and they lied about it. Another guy from uh, the Seahawks is trying to sneak a girl into their quarantine hotel. I mean, look, it was his fiance. You're going to see this. Uh, uh, that's great, but you're going to see this. These guys are, not, are are human beings, you know, especially these younger guys that have that have money. You know, they're 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 guys that are just not going. They think they're invincible already, so they're well. Only only the players from Ohio State have money, so <laughs> the only ones that are good at cheating. Mm. Uh, but but you're just it's just, and it's great when you're when you're when you got a nice controlled environment. But once you start to leave that and you travel around, that's where you're going to see the problem. So I'm kind of operating under the assumption that these three, if they can figure out a way, um, I'd be I would be impressed i would be i'll put it that way if they could figure out a way to make this work so a couple things i think it's really really interesting that the the conference that was really at jeopardy uh a couple years ago of being completely disbanded right they lost they lost missouri they lost nebraska they lost texas a&m right the conference that was in jeopardy of being disbanded was was the linchpin of this whole thing the ACC came out in a conference call and told the SEC because the SEC, look the SEC was always going. Hey, there, there's, <laughs> there's that's the NFL of college football. Well, and it and they're in the red states, man. I mean, let, let's be honest, right? So, so there's just a completely different approach from red states and blue states, and and the, all of this stuff has become so politicized. Look, it doesn't matter what side you're on, and I don't care. But the reality is, is that the majority of the South is I'm not going to wear my mask country right and 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 that's just the reality so the acc told the sec that they were not going to go along unless the big 12 um went went with them it had to be a three conference deal and uh look let, let's be honest here all we really need is the i, I look i'm a michigan fan i love i love michigan and i want to see them play this year but let's be honest all we really need is the ACC and the SEC anyways, 13 of the last 14 national champions. Um, you know, it's, it's just, the, it's just the reality the, the other conferences from a, from a contender standpoint really don't bring much to the table. You know, I think Ohio state's kind of in the mix a little bit. Um, but beyond that, you, you don't have anything from the PAC 12. Um, you know, you don't have anything from it, really any of these other conferences. So I think from that standpoint, um, you know, it's 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 not a real surprise to me 
and again, I look. I'm I'm a, I'm a moderate, so I don't I don't really have a, a, a political stance one way or another. I really float down the middle, and and I listen to what both sides have to say. But it's really not a surprise to me that the more liberal areas of the country, when you talk about the Northeast, when you talk about the West Coast, are the ones that opted out. And then when you talk about sort of the more conservative areas of the country, when you talk about the Southeast portion of the country and the Midwest portion of the country, sure. that those are the division. So it's it's just funny to me how these conference align. And, and whether they're going to play or not really fell along sort of their political affiliations in those regions of the country. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know, right? I mean, look, I think I think I want to see football. I think I don't want to see anybody get hurt or die. Uh, I think there's a lot of medical stuff that's coming out. Booger McFarland talked about um, the condition, the heart condition that potentially is at risk for larger human beings that, that get the COVID virus um, to having, you know, cardiovascular, long-term cardiovascular issues. So I think if the medical experts give the green light for these guys to play, I think they should play. But you have guys like Jay Adande, and look, I got nothing against Jay Adande. I've been watching him and reading him for years, but he's the head of the journalism department or whatever at Northwest at Northwestern, and he basically said that I don't think they should play football, and I don't care what your opinion is outside of that. So he doesn't want to hear any medical experts. He doesn't want to hear anybody else talk about it. He just wants to put his opinion out there, and I think that's the wrong way about it. Um Sure, and I don't, I, um, I don't follow Adande. Uh, I've seen him before on the shows and stuff, but I'm not. I don't follow his work that closely, so I don't know exactly what he said or anything like that. But um, I don't think that the media is a reason that the season is canceled. I didn't but, say the media was. No, I, I know. Oh, I okay. didn't say that you did. I'm just saying I had seen that. I've seen that take out there on Twitter. I, I, if anything, the media is pushing for it. I mean, right. you right. know, I yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But but yeah, it's just just a thought I had, um, and I think it's just you know, go ahead, go ahead. Well, any look, anytime the president says anything, right? It's, it, it automatically becomes a lightning rod. So when he comes out and says, you know, that Trevor Lawrence, he's a hell of a guy, and we met and we're buddies, and all. Not now all of a sudden, you know, 50% of the country, 55% of the country, 45% of the country, depending on what polls you read, right, they're automatically going to, right, they're automatically going to be like, oh, my God, no, right? So I, I, I just think this has become so highly politicized like a lot of the other things in this country have right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's tough. It, it's tough that it has. But I want to see these kids get every opportunity to play, including Justin Fields, you know, including, you know, not not Justin Fields, right? Um, Joe Schmuckatelli, the, the, the backup tight end at, at Colorado, I want to see him have a chance to get out there and play. So, But I don't want to see anybody get hurt. So if the medical experts in these conferences say that these kids shouldn't play, then those kids shouldn't play. But the SEC medical experts gave the green light. The ACC medical experts have given the green light. And the Big 12 medical experts have given the green light. So... I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and I I mean, kind of in a holding pattern here to you wait and see, I guess. It sounds like we're operating under two different assumptions. You're operating that they're going ahead, and yeah. I guess that's probably the correct way to go about it right now because they are scheduled to go, and I'm operating on a, the other side of it that it's just a matter of time before uh, they, they also join them and cancel. But, you know, we'll see. Do you think – 
So do you, are you of the opinion that you don't think that they're going to play? Yes, I, I don't believe there will be. I, I believe those three will end up canceling. I'm still not 100% sure that the Big Ten's not going to play. I'm telling you right now. I think that there's going to be an man. Well, if the if the other three find a way to do it, I like I said, they're still they're still training, they're still in their buildings, they're still getting everything done, you know, for their programs. So if those other three go, I don't think that the Big Ten can afford to not. Yeah, not go. I, I think that's an interesting word, right? Afford. Um, you know, when we talk about unexpected consequences and, and things like that, there's probably 10 universities in this country, big universities, right? I mean, UNCG in Greensboro doesn't doesn't have a, a football team. But outside of those teams that don't have football teams, right, there's probably 10 universities in the United States that actually have a football team and football isn't the primary source of income, right? Duke. Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, Yukon women's basketball, right? Like, but seriously, you know, right. There is, there is a handful and a half. So now all of a sudden, you know, if Stanford doesn't play football this year, now all of a sudden their women's volleyball team doesn't get funded. uh, Their men's lacrosse team, you know, I'm really concerned about all of the other sports at these schools. Not only this year, they may have to cancel these seasons for some of these other sports for three years, right? Recoup the losses that you have this year. Get back to even. Make a little money next year so you can because because don't forget that football helps fund some of the academic pieces as well, especially at private schools. Yeah, but but Title IX is going to play a role there. It absolutely will. But look, man. What it, Wisconsin Barry Alvarez said that if Wisconsin doesn't play, it costs them a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred million dollar loss. I don't know any organization. Well, I work for an organization right now where our business is down, right? But it, it's not down that much. But like, you know, I don't know any organization that can, especially a, a, a really a, a small business. I mean, that's that they can take a hundred million dollar loss. So I'm I'm really concerned about the impact that this has. We may see some men's basketball programs at some pretty big schools go away. We'll see. Yeah, and then uh you know that that's definitely a factor and it'll be interesting to see how uh how it works cuz the, the the TV money is based on these conferences, you know, the, the the networks have these affiliations with the conferences, not not the individual schools save save for one in uh in Illinois there, uh, the fighting Irish, but, um, you know, so that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. If, if in fact we do have a split season where these two conferences just don't play and these other two do, you know, I'm pretty sure the PAC 12 is with, uh, the big 10 is with Fox and I'm pretty sure the PAC 12 is as well. So we'll see. You they know, flex their muscles. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Notre Dame I'm talking about cause they were in jeopardy not being able to play. Because they weren't going to let schools play unless they were attached to a conference. So then Notre Dame steps in and goes, oh, yeah, guess what? We play uh, basketball in the ACC, so we're going to go ahead and play an ACC schedule this year. I think it's really interesting that those scumbags up there, <laughs> those scumbags up there, 
there for the last 20 30 25 years probably probably longer than that right the, the, there's been pressure for them to join a conference primarily the Big 10 and they refuse to do it because they get a much larger piece of the pie by being independent and now the the minute the the minute that being independent doesn't benefit them all of a sudden and and, and shame on the ACC for letting them to be honest they play they play five or six ACC schools a year i mean there, I, I don't have a problem with, with any of it. I mean, I, look, if I got paid more to do something a certain way at my job, guess what? I would do it. If I got stopped paying that way and I got paid to do it a different way, guess what I would do? Yeah. <laughs> the way that gets me paid more. I don't. I just don't like the way that Notre Dame operates. Hey, that's fair. You're not the only one. No, I know. Um, what what else? Un, 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 unexpected consequences that you think could come out of this thing? Um, I, I, I want to be positive a little bit because I feel like we've been pretty negative so far for the for the most part. At least I know I have. Uh, I think that an unexpected benefit of this might be these players coming in being better prepared to be uh, NFL union members. Because um, you hear a lot about how players, sometimes they come in, they can't handle the money. You know, they got the rookie symposium and this and that to teach them how to handle their money and to do stuff off the field. Um, but... I believe I saw the statistic that six somewhere it was either 65 or 70 percent of players returned a ballot um, on the CBA. You know that's that directly impacts their livelihoods. Right. And 65 percent of the union voted, and the other 35 to 30 percent, which is crazy, right? So I think I think you know you're always going to have leaders, you know, great leaders that that are in every draft class anyway. Um, you know, but, but these players doing it now in college, getting out in front of it, I think they're going to be scarred by this where they're not going to be able to play, where they're going to make sure that they got their mind and all their P's and Q's by the time they get here. So they become better union members. Um, and I think that's better for the league overall. You know, you don't have these long negotiations. They're just going to be on top of it more. And I think that that's going to benefit really the players union and, and the fans and the, in the league as a whole. That's a good take. I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really take that into consideration. Um, look, there's going to be some schools that try to do something, right? They try to transfer. They try to play. I think Nebraska is really is is. I think Nebraska is one of them. Who was it? It was it was Nebraska and Iowa, right? Were the two that Nebraska uh, and Iowa were the ones that play. voted to play. Now, okay. look. That's not the coaches or the athletic directors. That's the school president. Presidents, yeah. Okay, so the school presidents voted to play. I think that I think that there's going to be some schools that try to move. The unexpected consequences is they're going to be nations without a state, right? Like they're not going to be able to return back to the conference that they're playing in. So I just don't know how they're going to be able to break their contracts because i mean when you when, when they join when they join conferences you know that they have to stay for you know nebraska just came into the big 10 what was it three four years ago or is it longer than that now eh, it's probably been it, actually i think it's been a little bit longer eight or nine years okay so i don't know i don't know how long it is i just don't know how they're going to be able to do that especially when we're talking about this is a matter of weeks away you know this isn't <laughs> I think it's one thing if, if 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 you know Penn State and Ohio State were were lining up on the field this fall, I think it would be a lot harder. I, there's probably some types of 
loophole if your if your conference isn't playing right. So I, I think I, I, maybe. So I think you have some unexpected consequences there, potentially having some teams that 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 very short sightedly leave their conference and then don't necessarily have a place. The transfer portal. Um, Again, we're talking about weeks here. I hear you. I hear you. I, I I just we're 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 in uncharted territory here, so I don't know if these schools the, the the NCAA behind the scenes and these players are trying to create a union. I mean, there's a lot of things happening. If you look at the transfer portal, which is interesting, you have any idea how many players were in the transfer portal in 2019? Mm-mm. You want me to tell you? Yeah, eleven hundred and six. Wow. That's a big number, right? You didn't think it was nearly that high, right? I was thinking maybe a couple hundred. So 1,106 players were in the transfer portal in 2019. Some of those guys are still in the transfer portal, right? So Tate Martel. Yeah, he's somewhere, right? He's probably, I think he's at Middle he's Tennessee. Still in my, he? I don't know. Last Chance I U. Now, <laughs> he's down there at Last Chance U. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's – and if if these kids try to start transferring schools, I think there's a potential it hurts recruiting. Right? I think it's a bad look for some of these comp- for some of these teams to not play. I mean, th- these younger kids, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, their lives aren't that long, right? They don't they don't know the tradition of some of these teams and things right. like that. So now all of a sudden. I think you look at the, I think you look at schools trying to leave. I think you look at kids trying to leave their schools. I think you look at potential impact on recruiting, and I think you look at these extra years of eligibility because they're going to have they they are going to have to grant these kids at these schools, and because not every kid's Justin Fields that can go to the draft this year, right? So they're going to have to give them extra eligibility. Well, they're already they already got a hundred scholarships or whatever, right? Now all of a sudden it becomes 125. Now all of a sudden your roster is bigger. Now all of a sudden I expected this guy to either graduate or potentially have a good season and move on. Now all of a sudden I'm stuck behind him on the depth chart for it. You know, Mike Greenberg really talked about this on first take and I I was really enjoying it. He kind of compared college athletics and specifically college football to like a conveyor belt, right? Like come in, boom, boom. And it kind of resets all over again. Well, that's all being pushed back by a year. So I think it's really interesting to say, to see, Potentially, I mean, there's guys that don't play until their junior, senior year, right? They have one good year. Now, all of a sudden, you know, they get on teams' radar. They have a good combine. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a guy that nobody was talking about. I'm a second-round draft pick, right? Some of that stuff comes into play is no, potentially definitely. impacted. 100%. And I think that if it does end up where none of these teams play, that they'll have access to workout videos and stuff like that practices. But but it's less impactful if none of the conferences are playing than if some of them are. So I, I understand. True. What um, but I, I, again, it's just, we'll just have to wait and, and see what happens here. It'll be interesting. What one uh, expected consequence is that there will be lawyers, lots of them. So <laughs> people are going to be making money off better, that. better buckle up for the next few weeks. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of lawyers. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits thrown around. It's it's going to be interesting. I I I I think, and 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 I and I should have talked about this earlier. I didn't really write it down, but these universities don't give a shit 
about these kids. They, they don't care about the kids' health. This is all about liability. Oh they, God, the, are you kidding me? They aren't. They they're they are not playing because they're worried that some kid's gonna die or it's it's all about how much money they could lose if they get sued. A hundred percent. But they're masquerading it as we're all about player health. You mean an organization that has been uh, just living on free labor is exploiting it? It's I weird. I mean, it's crazy. It's weird. What do you? We talked about that several times on this. Free labor. What are you? Are you? Are you comparing? I'm not even going. To... So I touched on the draft a little bit there. Do you think there's any other impact? You talked about watching workout videos and stuff like that. You think there's any other potential impact on the draft here? Well, this stuff all kind of hit like uh, right at right at the combine, right? And it, it did have an effect on it, I believe, right? Yeah. No, it did. Yeah, the they, combine they, was. There was no on field. Yeah, all they, they did was it. yeah. All they so, did was the the measuring. I think you'll have that's right. I think some, I think some some guys got to lift, but anyway, um, uh, yeah. I think they'll figure out a way for for you for those guys to do combines. You know, pro days and they'll just tape them and they'll have you know that those will be widely distributed for 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 stuff. But it doesn't beat a year on tape though. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is to confirm what you see um, from the numbers and from the from the tape. But so I think the draft for sure. But other than that, I, I mean, I don't know if, if if no conferences are playing, then it's not as big a deal. Um, if some are and some aren't, then there's that's a that's a real that's a real problem for a lot of those guys at those two conferences that aren't playing. So I see a couple things, right, especially if they try to play in the spring like that becomes yeah, interesting. Just don't see how that works. I don't, well, the NFL it, timeline is is built in a way that is not going to allow for that. No, no, no. I I understand that, but if you know, again, they're talking about trying to play in the spring and then turn around four months later and play again in the fall, which, which is, is just nuts. not even humanly possible. Like, well, it, just for player safety and all that. I mean, that'll show you how much they really care about player safety. But right, but right. but I think you know when when you talk about the real impact on the draft, we've talked about it about guys potentially that kind of come out of nowhere losing that opportunity on the flip side of that right guys guys who have great years there's less tape on these guys that to me becomes an opportunity for a higher bus potential right because now all of a sudden all you're looking at is like you said pro days um combine measurements we got these workout warriors so basically what you're going to have especially Let's use the Big Ten or the Pac-12, obviously, as an example, because they're not playing. If I'm a guy in one of those conferences, I've already left school, and I'm down at one of those academies in Florida working with those trainers that just do everything they can to help you be really good at the combine. Well, I think right? we've seen it. You know, Rashad Bateman, uh, projected first-round wide receiver from Minnesota. He's already he's gone he's already yeah. out opted out of the year and he's gonna you know he's working out now towards towards next year's draft but now all of a sudden you have guys training to pass a physical test versus training to be a professional football player and i understand there's more time that they're that 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 you know a guy like bateman's gonna have now to do that from from now until the time the combine comes but these guys do that I mean, as soon as their season ends, you know, guys that don't play or guys that finish their bowl games in December, I mean, they, they go and they, they're they they're starting to work on that stuff. 
So, I think there's I think there's more training da- specifically for the for the forty yard dash for the the three cone and all that stuff that they do there. They're, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I, They've I, been doing that for for years now. Sure, you're right, but now they have eight months to do it. Yeah, I hear you. All right, you got anything else? No, just uh, pumped to be a part of the Believe Network. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to be here, and uh, I'm pumped, man. That's it. So I think there's a lot more dominoes to fall. We may this may not be the last you hear from us on college football this year. I really hope not. If 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 things continue to progress, breaking news, we'll we'll jump on and do an episode that week. If they play, we'll definitely do a preseason uh, preview where we make our. Heisman picks and, and all that. So, um, you know, obviously tune into us on the Believe Network, the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Believe.com. That's B L E A V. With that, we are going to sign. Somebody off. suck me. You did it too quick again. <laughs> you did it too quick again. What are we going to talk about next week? I'm, I, I forget. We doing. Um, what do we talk about? Uh, caught me, caught me off guard, man. I already signed off. We've been talking about a lot of different things. Yeah, we'll have we'll have something for him. It's going to be NFL related. I think we're going to do. Oh, we're going to do um, off season recap and NFL preview. Yeah, I think it's good for us to give a little a little preview for what's coming next. So off season preview. We're going to do we're going to do an off season review. Then we're going to do a season preview. We got some video game stuff coming for the PGA 2K game. We're going to talk about a little fantasy so, football. That's right. So be prepared. With that, everybody, we love you. Enjoy your lives and somebody suck bad. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.